Welcome to T.R. Price's Confident Conversations on Retirement. My name is Michael Davis, and I'm thrilled to be your host. I've spent my career working to help people build a durable retirement. It is such an honor to do this work and an even greater privilege to be with the retirement experts here with us today. These professionals can help you feel more confident about your own retirement, whether you are planning for retirement or already there. This episode offers some tips on how to get ready for retirement. My guests today are T.R. Price experts Judith Ward, a certified financial planner professional and contributor to Forbes.com, and Ope Afe, a chartered retirement planning counselor. Welcome to the show, Judy and Ope. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Great to have you here. So the end of the year is a time for reflection, as we all know, but it's also a time to look forward and reset. In terms of our finances and our retirement, there are a lot of things that we can do regardless of our age. Now, some people hate making resolutions because they just simply don't keep them. And that can be a real confidence killer. So today's conversation will focus on steps we can take to be ready for and confident about your retirement. Great topic, so let's get started. I'll start with you, Judy. So how do I know if I'm saving enough for retirement? Is there a guideline I can use? Well, many of us will be relying primarily on Social Security benefits and our personal savings to fund a retirement that could last decades. But the good news is the amount you're able to save has the greatest impact on your retirement success, and that's totally within your control. At T. Rowe Price, our rule of thumb is to save 15% of income, and that includes any company match that your workplace or your 401k plan may provide. And by doing that, you set the savings rate to come directly out of your paycheck, so you're paying yourself first. And I think that is so important when we're trying to achieve our goals, and especially a retirement goal. Now, if 15% might sound a little too lofty for some people, then it's okay to start at a lower amount. You want to make sure that you get a company match if you have one available in your 401k plan. So make sure that you're not leaving that money on the table. And then many plans, they have a feature called auto escalation. Make sure you sign up for that because it'll increase the amount you're deferring typically one percentage point a year to help you kind of continue to get on track for retirement. And of course, if you don't have access to a company plan, there are IRAs, individual retirement accounts, that you can put money in. And a 401k plan and an IRA, for example, they are accounts that are specifically designed for retirement goals. But if you wanted to also supplement Beyond that, you can use a regular taxable account or brokerage account to get to that 15% threshold. So, Judy, just sticking with you for the next question, what if you're decades away from retirement? You're maybe just getting started. What would you suggest for those individuals who might be listening? Just get started. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, absolutely. For younger investors or those that are decades away from retirement, time is your greatest ally. And the compound growth that you can achieve over decades of investing, you have to take advantage of that. And sometimes I talk to a lot of younger investors and they're concerned about how do I pay my debt, pay off my student loans, and save for retirement at the same time. And so I just really encourage them to just save for retirement what you can. Don't wait until all your debt is paid off. That could be 10 years 
that you've lost that you could have been invested for retirement. So again, do what you can. If you're in a 401k plan that has a company match, do enough to get that company match. But it's just so important to get started. Now, Ope, turning to you, for those in our listening audience who might be close to retirement, what about them? What would you suggest for those individuals? In addition to what Judy has shared, there are special considerations specifically for individuals 50 and older. Uh, In the year you turn 50, you can actually save more with catch-up contributions in your retirement 401k plan and IRA. For example, you can contribute an additional $6,500 in 2021. And that's a total of $26,000 to your 401k plan. And in your IRA, an additional $1,000 with a total of $7,000 for the year. Excellent. Very, very helpful. So, Judy, are there savings benchmarks that people need to consider as they think about all of this? We have developed some benchmarks along the way by age, if you will, just as like a quick look to see how you're tracking for retirement. So, for example, we think by age 35, you should have one times your income saved. So, if your household is bringing in $50,000, then you should have about $50,000 saved for retirement by that age. By age 40, that guideline is two times income. And age 45, that guideline is three times income. Now, these are general guidelines, and you may need more or less depending on your income level and marital status, for example. Very thoughtful. Ope, how about you? Any thoughts on that question? The benchmarks assume you would rely on a combination of Social Security benefits and personal savings to fund retirement. However, if you have multiple streams of income, your benchmark will be lower. Uh, For example, a client that is 50, she will have about five times their annual salary saved. I would say you should consider meeting with a financial professional for more comprehensive retirement planning based on your personalized retirement goals and objectives. So, Ope, sticking with you, what would you say is a good time from an age perspective to take a close look at diversification asset allocation? I have an 11-year-old son. You think 11 is too young to start? (laughs) (laughs) It's never too young to start saving, Michael. Uh, So I'll say it's vital to ensure that you have an asset allocation that is appropriate for your investment goal, time horizon, and risk tolerance, and then rebalance regularly. When you get closer to retirement, we think it is important to begin thinking of how to dampen that volatility by incorporating bonds into your investment mix. We suggest a balanced type of approach as you get closer to retirement and during retirement. Bonds generally provide a buffer for an investor closer to retirement, perhaps in their 60s. We think equity exposure of around 45 to 65% may make sense then decreasing that amount slowly as you move into and through retirement. I would also say consider your own personal circumstances. For example, I have some clients with multiple streams of income in retirement, such as pension income, social security income, and investment income. So they may not be as concerned about running out of money in those scenarios. They could afford to maybe be more cautious and reduce their risk exposure. On the flip side, a client could choose to take on more risk 
and be more aggressive in investing if they're investing with their beneficiaries in mind. So it's important to fully understand how your investment allocation would impact your lifestyle. Uh, so you might need to adjust or stay the course according to your risk tolerance and time horizon. Really thoughtful advice. Thank you so much. Now, turning back to you, Judy, what about asset allocation for those who are younger and far from retirement? What do you think is age appropriate for them and what should they be doing? The whole idea is to grow your savings, to have a big nest egg when you're ready to retire. You save now so you can spend later. We already talked about how much you should be saving. So the second part of the equation is how to invest. And the most important decision you'll make from an investment standpoint is your asset allocation. Now, Opay just shared some thoughts around those that are closer to retirement. But for those that are decades away, over the long term, stocks provide the most growth potential compared to other asset classes like bonds or cash. And younger investors, they have the time to withstand the ups and downs of the stock market. They don't need to use that money for for many, many decades. So generally, younger investors in their 20s, 30s, even 40s could consider an allocation that really emphasizes stocks and that growth potential. So something like 80 to 100% stock in their portfolios. Thoughtful. Very, very helpful. So as we think about savings accounts and our retirement savings accounts in particular, is there a time when it helps to take a look at the account's taxable status? Is that something that should be done early in the process? I'll start with you, Judy. Absolutely. We believe in this idea, just like you would diversify your investments, you can diversify the tax treatment of your accounts. So it's really important to think about that. For example, retirement accounts generally come in two flavors, traditional or pre-tax and Roth contributions. So with traditional or pre-tax contributions, you get that tax benefit today, meaning the contribution reduces your taxable income if you're contributing to a 401k, or you may get a tax deduction for your traditional IRA contribution. That money grows tax-deferred, but then when you take the money out in retirement, it's considered taxable income, and you would pay ordinary income tax rate. On the other hand, with Roth, you put money in today, but you get no tax benefit. The money grows tax-deferred, and then when you take the money out in retirement, qualified distributions are totally tax-free. Depending on your circumstances, you might want that tax benefit today, where you would consider pre-tax contributions or a traditional IRA, or you might want that tax benefit in retirement with a potential of tax-free income, and so that would be Roth. So those are two types of retirement accounts that are available. I mean, we were talking about younger investors just a minute ago, and for younger investors especially who may be in the lowest tax bracket of their career, Roth may be especially appealing. Many 401k plans allow Roth contributions, or you could consider a Roth IRA. The Roth contributions in a 401k plan, there's no income limits. So if you make too much money, there are income limits to contribute to a Roth IRA, but you want that Roth exposure, there are no income limits for contributing to the Roth portion of your 401k plan. So that's another way. But again, this idea of tax diversification can be really helpful because these accounts really complement each other. And then, of course, you could even supplement with regular taxable accounts that have other benefits such as accessibility. You can get to that money when you can. 
And also if it's a capital gain situation, those tax rates are typically more favorable than ordinary income rates. So again, this idea of tax diversification just can provide you so much more flexibility, especially as you start spending in retirement. I love that thought of tax diversification. It really makes a big difference. Ope, any thoughts on that question? As Judy shared, uh, different accounts have different tax treatments. For some of my clients, we might consider asset location as a tax minimization strategy. Where you place the money you invest is important for tax efficiency. Investments that generate significant ordinary income, such as high-yielding taxable bonds, can generally be held in tax-deferred accounts, such as a 401k plan, a traditional IRA, SEP or simple IRA. You can also consider the benefits of using Roth accounts to hold very high-growth potential securities if you plan to hold onto them for a long time, since the growth can be tax-free. Then it could make sense for tax-efficient investments to be held in taxable accounts. So as we all know, there's more than just money to talk about when it comes to retirement. For example, there's the question of do you downsize your current residence, thinking about where you want to live, the vacation you want to take, how you want to spend your time. So Judy, do you find that most couples are on the same page when it comes to these kinds of decisions? Well, couples might think they're on the same page, but they need to have that conversation. For example, When my husband and I, we've talked about retirement, he wants to retire and live on a lake in Canada and fish. Well, I prefer a little warmer climate. So clearly, we have some compromising to do. And I remember when my mom retired before my dad, she got an early retirement package. And she had her routine, her activities, her group of friends. And when my dad retired, it was about a week my mom told him that he had to go back to work. (laughs) And he did, though. He did. He started to consult in the field that he had retired from. Now, they didn't plan it that way, but having a vision for retirement, something we call the five W's, might help with that transition. So those five W's are the who, what, where, when, and why. Who do you want to spend time with in retirement? What do you want to do? in retirement? What do you want to do together as a couple? And what might you want to do separately is really important for for couples to think about. Where? Where do you want to live? Where do you want to visit? When? When do you want to retire? Are you going to retire together? Are you going to retire years apart? Sometimes couples are not on the same page about that. When one retires, they're expecting the spouse to retire at the same time when the spouse may not want to. And then the why. Is there some meaning that you really want to get out of your retirement? So, Judy, how soon should couples be having those conversations, you know, particularly related to how close they are to retirement? You know, I have just found that when people cross that half-century mark, and I know that makes us sound really old, doesn't it? Um, You know, age 50, they really start thinking about the next phase of their life, but definitely around ages 55 to 60 to start doing some really heavy planning to understand our needs in retirement. Because at that point, you still have time to, you know, make adjustments or shifts before you actually decide to stop working or do some of these other retirement-related activities. And Judy, what about those couples that are decades away from retirement? What would you say in that case? Definitely need to be having conversations with each other about how they're tracking for retirement 
and some of their goals for retirement. So the conversations are still important, but it might take on a different kind of look, if you will. For those closer to retirement, they're thinking all in about retirement. For those farther away, it's more about how are they tracking for retirement and how are they tracking to those objectives and making sure that they're saving together as a household for those objectives. Okay, what about those couples that are almost at retirement? What are your thoughts in those cases? So I often tell my clients to envision their retirement. Whether you're single or you're married, it's important to have an idea of what you feel is your ideal retirement picture. Uh, So when we're dealing with uh, couples, for example, it's imperative to be on the same page with your partner. I work with clients to help them define their retirement needs, wants, and wishes, and even financial goals and priorities beyond retirement. This can help develop a spending plan and provide a framework to accommodate their retirement savings goals. Once you understand your retirement goals, you can find opportunities to increase your retirement savings and work towards building what you need to fully fund your retirement. So what about single people who may be in our audience? Are there any steps that they should take that would be different from what we've talked about so far? I'll start with you, Judy. Well, in terms of envisioning retirement, whether you've never married or divorced or widowed, you have people in your life and retirement aspirations, as I mentioned, outlined in the five W's, the who, what, where, when, and why. So getting that vision together for yourself, I think, is just really helpful. The difference is you're totally in control of your own destiny, and you don't have to compromise (laughs) with anybody. Ope, any thoughts that you would have for single individuals who may be in our listening audience? Uh, So for my clients who are single, we generally ask them to maintain six months of living expenses in an emergency fund versus three months that we may ask of a couple with dual household income. As they approach retirement, they can consider increasing to 12 to 24 months of living expenses in event of a market downturn. Also, if you're single but were once married for at least 10 years, you may actually qualify for Social Security benefits based on your former spouse's work history. So check with Social Security Administration. Very thoughtful and very helpful to the audience. So what elements of our financial plan do you think we should review annually? So annually, I would say review and update your beneficiary designations. So life events such as marriage, divorce, death, or birth is usually a great time to review and update your beneficiary designations. You can also check your credit report. You have access to one free credit report from each major credit bureau per year. Evaluate your insurance coverages. You review your insurance levels, including life insurance, disability, liability, auto and property. And you can research any discounts you may qualify for. You never know. You can review your Social Security benefit statements online to make sure that there is no gap in your earning records that could potentially reduce your Social Security benefits. And lastly, you make your 2021 contributions. For IRA contributions, you have until tax filing deadline to make your 2021 IRA contribution. Okay, sticking with you, if you work with a financial professional, how often should you review your financial plan and status that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So uh, it varies from client to client. Most of my clients, for example, prefer to meet semi-annually. 
Financial planning is a dynamic process which requires ongoing monitoring and updates as a client situation changes. Uh, generally, a review of your financial plan, maybe annually or semi-annually, so you're aware of any new tax laws and how that could impact your finances. But ultimately, I would say define what is an appropriate review frequency with your financial professional. So this has been a great discussion. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. We always like to just get key takeaways that you may have for our listeners. So any key takeaways you want to share with our listeners based on what we've talked about and where they should start? I'll start with you, Judy. For younger investors, pay yourself first. Be intentional about how much you're saving for retirement and automate as much as you can. Make sure that you have an asset allocation that's appropriate for your time horizon. And as you get closer to retirement, Think about that vision for retirement and have those conversations with your spouse. How about you, Opie? Key takeaways for our listeners on where to start? So review and update your beneficiary designations uh, to ensure it's up to date. Take advantage of catch-up contributions if 50 years and older. Make sure you're taking advantage of your full company match in your workplace retirement plan. And lastly, simplify your investments. Don't forget about those old 401k plans. It might be prudent to consolidate to simplify your holdings. Well, it's hard to believe, but our time is up. So thanks so much. But before we go, I do want to ask, as we always do, whether you have any final parting thoughts or action steps our listeners can take. I'll start with you, Judy. Try a retirement planning or retirement income calculator. Try several of them. There are many free calculators available that can help you assess your retirement readiness and might provide you some guidance on the next step that you should take. So give them a try. How about you, Ope? Any final parting thoughts or action steps? If you're not able to save 15% right away, like Judy referenced earlier, you can get on track by increasing your contributions rate over time. Many company plans offer an option to automatically increase your contribution amount annually. So you can sign up for the auto contribution increase if available through your workplace plan. Also, if you're starting your contributions at perhaps, say, 6%, you can increase it annually by 1% or 2% gradually over time. And then revisit your strategies. Uh, Check your portfolio if you haven't done that in a while to make sure it is aligned with your risk uh, tolerance and your time horizon for retirement. Well, thanks so much. This has been an outstanding conversation. Really appreciate you, Judy, and you, Ope, for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. Enjoyed being with you, Michael. Again, I'm Michael Davis, and I want to thank you for listening to Confident Conversations on Retirement. Be sure to join us for our next episode on retiree spending. If you like this podcast, please rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, be well, and I wish you all many confident tomorrows to come. T. Rowe Price, Retire with Confidence. This episode of Confident Conversations on Retirement is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast does not provide recommendations concerning investments, investment strategies, or account types. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific investor and not intended to suggest any particular investment action is appropriate for you. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. The views contained herein are as of the date noted on the material and are subject to change without notice.
These views may differ from those of other T. Rowe Price Group companies and or associates. This information is not intended to reflect a current or past recommendation, investment advice of any kind, or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment services. The material has not been reviewed by any regulatory authority in any jurisdiction. The opinions and commentary provided do not take into account the investment objectives or financial situation of any particular investor or class of investor. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. Information and opinions presented have been obtained or derived from sources believed to be reliable and current. However, we cannot guarantee the source's accuracy or completeness. IRAs and retirement accounts should be considered long-term investments. Both IRAs and retirement accounts generally have expenses and account fees, which may impact the value of the account. Maximum IRA contributions are subject to eligibility requirements. Early withdrawals are subject to taxes and possible penalties. For more detailed information about taxes, consult a tax attorney or accountant for advice. Roth IRA contributions may be withdrawn at any time without taxes or penalties. Earnings may be withdrawn tax-free and penalty-free once you reach age 59 and a half and the account has been open for at least five years. In order to contribute to a Roth IRA, single filers must have modified adjusted gross income, MAGI, modified AGI, under $125,000 for tax year 2021. Married couples filing jointly must have modified adjusted gross income, MAGI, modified AGI, under $198,000 for tax year 2021. Or, you may not be eligible to contribute if your income is $140,000 or more in tax year 2021 for single filers, or $208,000 or more in tax year 2021 for joint filers. Or, if your modified AGI is above a certain amount, your contribution limit is gradually reduced. Copyright 2021 T. Rowe Price, All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price, Invest with Confidence, Retire with Confidence, The Bighorn Sheep Design, and Confident Conversations, collectively and or apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group Incorporated, All Rights Reserved. T. Rowe Price Investment Services Incorporated, Distributor, T. Rowe Price Associates Incorporated, Investment Advisor.